Hello everybody and welcome to the best of season 3. In this episode, I'm joined by the legendary content creator Robotic Battle Toaster to discuss the highs and lows in the world of content creation. This was a really great interview episode and without any further ado, hope you enjoy. Welcome to Chatsunami. Hello everybody and welcome to another episode of Chatsunami. My name's Satsunami and joining me for a very special streamer spotlight episode is none other than the one and only beatbot master himself, Robotic Battle Toaster. Toaster, welcome to Chatsunami. Thank you very much for having me, good sir. Greetings and hello. Beatbot master, I'm gonna have to use that at some point. <laughs> yeah, I mean, <laughs> I mean, it's up to you. <laughs> I like my beep booping and my uh, my happy dial-up noises, so yeah, makes sense. So how are you doing today, Toaster? Yeah, I'm doing all right. I'm doing good. It's been a good Sunday. I've been uh, getting bits and pieces ready for my branding, not ideas, so many ideas. But uh, yeah, I'm just trying not to distract myself with, oh, I could do this. I could do this. I need to do this. I try not to get myself tied up in my main's power lead, if that makes sense. I know the feeling when you're trying to get things organized for your particular channel or content, you're like, huh, I forgot got that one important thing i should go out and do that and you're like oh god you know when you were in school and they taught you how to write a cv and time management and things was always on the top of that list it's like you Mm -hmm. always have to say you've got time management you've got organizational skills you've got problem solving who knew they would be applicable today in streaming (laughs) yeah yeah you're not wrong there up top there it was next to the are you a visual learner an auditory learner or a hands-on learner it's like uh all three Oh, you can only pick two. Uh, oh no. <laughs> That's when you turn around though and you're like, oh, a little column A, a little column B. I like to mix and match. I'm very proactive. You know, all the jargony words that should get you through the door, but you know, that's a conversation <laughs> for another day. <laughs> exactly. I haven't had to go back to school in over a decade. I still have nightmares about exam halls for some reason. I actually remember in university having to do one of these exams and they took us into one of the gymnasiums they had and it was set up exactly the same way as it was in school. And you know how oh, you just get the flash flashbacks exactly it's like the row of tables i was about to say commissar <laughs> you know guy who walks up and down being like are you cheating no are you sure Echoing footsteps of the invigilator walking up and down between the rows of desks the clock that for some reason is louder than any other clock in existence at the end of the room the tick 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 and you're like really i was about to make like a joke there and be like we're so old that that was our TikTok back in the day <laughs> but nowadays these kids and they're Talk ticks and <laughs> forgive me, Red Panda, for I have sinned. I don't have TikTok. You're good for that, seriously. Get away from <laughs> Don't fall down the same rabbit hole that yeah, many creators before you fall down. <laughs> the only caveat I would say actually is unless you have a real life toaster and you just post videos of that dancing. How you would make a toaster dance, I don't quite know. I'm afraid I can't tell you potential upcoming plans I have, because that is going to be spoilers. But it's interesting that you pointed that out. Hmm. I thought I was keeping things. <laughs> like that under wraps how the hell did you just stumble across it my mind works in very weird and mysterious (laughs) ways (laughs) we need to send you to bletchley park (laughs) oh yes robotic battle toaster make a toaster dance i'm sorry how did you find this out it's like that episode of the simpsons when mr burns gets told he's a devil and it's like a term of endearment like oh monty you're the devil and he goes who told you i mean oh yes i am (laughs) it's like As you were saying there, you're of course a Twitch streamer, and is it safe to say you've been streaming for nearly a year now? Nearly a year? No, 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 no. It's been about five months. Five months? Really? Yep, oh, yep. My. I started on the 6th of January, so uh, it's going to be five months on the 6th of June. In the best way possible, it does feel longer than that, because I feel as if whenever you say <laughs> that phrase, it comes with a kind of backhanded compliment, like, really? Five months? Oh. 
oh Jesus, right. <laughs> it's like, no, no, no. I mean it in the best way possible. But of course, you and I met through a mutual acquaintance is like probably the bare basic way to describe it. Mutual acquaintance of the, the moth kind. Of the moth kind, of course. Because during my streaming odysseys, I met a awesome American streamer called Wisteria Moth. We started chatting. She has, of course, been on the show in a couple of episodes. She was on the Streamer Spotlight episode where we talked about a lot of very interesting topics and then she came back, surprisingly, to talk about what it means to be a Sonic fan in 2023. And, of course, through that, you and I both met one another. And, yeah, ever since then, it's just been a friendship made in... Is it right to say made in the kitchen since, you know, your whole persona's robotic battle toaster? (laughs) I think a combination of made in the kitchen and made in the killing floor as well, because I still remember the first time we fed you to that game. You were running around as a a, a naive pocket medic with your hemoclobber beating the health into us. Good times. <laughs> oh yes, very good times. We need to feed you back to that game. That's true. We really need to get back into that. I keep saying that and then thinking when we actually do get back into it, I'm like, oh my God, what am I doing? <laughs> I don't know what I'm doing. I'm just beating things, hoping they heal. Why won't you heal? I do stream Killing Floor on the, the Wednesdays and there's layers of chaos that I have started introducing to the sessions and they have taken and grown. So the first layer of chaos I did was instead of picking a class at the start of every round, or not not so much round, sorry, match, you roll a d10 and whatever the number is, that is your class that you play. And it started off as that. And it went, it was chaotic and fun and you know, you could still pick whatever weapons you want and yeah, it worked well. Then, a wonderful fellow streamer by the name of Nonbitey Zombie said, oh, toaster, 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 there's a wheel, there's a weapons wheel that's got all the weapons in Killing Floor 2 and so you can roll it. It determines what weapons you have. And it's like, that sounds chaotic as hell. Perfect. So now, the dice decides your class and the wheel decides what weapons you buy. So you can have weapons that fit your class, or you can end up like me, where I was playing as a medic with an anti-material rifle, trying to work out where I went wrong in life. (laughs) I mean, we've all been there with the class systems in games, where it's like, should I be a support? Should I be a tank? The struggles of gamers as it is, isn't it? Mm -hmm. It's so much simpler when the click-clack rocks decide for you. Then you just have to survive. I mean, rocks fall. It's the term, isn't it? (laughs) Rocks fall. Everyone gets a bad class. But going back onto Twitch streaming, of course, I have to ask two very important questions here. As I said, when you and I met through Moth, you weren't really into as much content creation in terms of Twitch and so forth. And it is amazing, first of all, it is amazing how much you have grown over these past five months. Because it is amazing when I'm looking at people that I've met a couple of years ago through streaming, through podcasting, and then I see your name pop up and I'm like, huh. That is awesome that <laughs> you're there, you know, talking to these cool people. But the two questions, of course, are what was the inspiration for you in particular getting into streaming? And second of all, what's the deal with the name? What is the origin of your particular username? Because I know you did touch on it when we did an episode before on Life in the 40k universe. That's the one, exactly, on <laughs> Life in the 40k universe. And that is an amazing episode for all those listeners out there who haven't listened to it please go listen to it it's a great one but yeah going back to twitch yeah what was the inspiration so the inspiration to get into twitch started from i was having some rather troubling times at work i wasn't enjoying what i did so much i was having sort of i guess i'd been in the same job for like uh, i think it was nine ten years and it was a case of i see these content creators like you moth stubs and it's like man that sounds and looks really fun but I wonder if I can do something like that. And then I was like, started looking around, like, what sort of stuff do I need to do? What sort of, do I need to meet a specific criteria? Is there ways I can do it? Do I have to have like a trope of some kind? And then it was just a case of, no, if you're passionate about the game and you're engaging and you can entertain your audience, try it. And so I did. I had my Kraken 3 headset, which I bought recently beforehand because my other one gave up the ghost. I had my Streamlabs and I had my uh, Twitch app on my phone and I'm still using the Twitch app on 
my phone to look at chat. And I started. And my first game that I completed on Twitch, I did it, it started in two-hour episodes and then went up to three. And it was MechWarrior 5 Mercenaries, which, again, I need to drag you back into with your pandemic. You definitely do, because I have become a, well, somewhat of a verb in that game. <laughs> yes, yes. You are the action of destroying a building or leveling an entire infrastructure in an area. It's called doing a satsu, and it's catching on. Really? Uh, Super Shadow has started doing it as well, and oh, I've started talking no. about it when I'm playing on uh, <laughs> when Tacken Tacken Twins, who's another wonderful content creator, we did our first session of MechWarrior. We had to destroy a building, and I said, ah, yes, we've got to do a satsu, and then I explained what it was. And so, yeah, they're going to start. I think they've started using it whenever we play together. <laughs> For legal reasons, that is a joke. <laughs> but no, not the joke of me actually going through the building that did happen, but my Red Panda lawyer and the lovely associates at Mech Warrior Planet Co. We sorted it out. We settled. It would be a real shame if my gun cam footage got leaked to the press. Oh, I mean, especially with that missile platform in that block of apartments. So on that note, Shell, <laughs> on that note, Toaster, I know we have to leave it here. I know it's, it's so sad we have to end the interview so soon. But... <laughs> Wait, why is there a red panda climbing in through my window? <laughs> <laughs> like Twin Peaks style, just crawling in. <laughs> It's like, oh my god, he's not with me. That's a raccoon, that's not me. <laughs> but uh, yeah, I just started with that. My audience started slowly picking up. They stuck around, they enjoyed the content. And then I just thought, you know what, I really like this. So I started investing in hardware because at the end of the day, I, I wanted to make my broadcasts, or I'm going to start calling them transmissions. I don't like the term streaming. It just sounds too mainstream. And I know that's going to sound silly, but I want to try and stick with the whole tech theme. So I'm probably going to call them transmissions. But yeah, I want to make my, my transmissions as entertaining and as high quality as possible. So I bought myself a new microphone, got myself a webcam, and got myself some backlighting for my monitor and backlighting for my gaming room, which is now my studio and I got myself a stream deck started getting it all working together and my first stream where I used my webcam I was terrified I don't know why but the idea of just people being able to see me and not just you know a disembodied voice of an overly British person shooting things in a mech but then the fear just went away I started my first episode and I haven't gone back from using a webcam since and yeah I love it I also was able to figure out what was going on with my quality settings so instead of being in 480p I've managed to get it up to the higher ends. Goddamn you, Streamlabs. Grumble, grumble. And uh, yeah, now I've got a really nice audience that keeps coming back. They like playing around with the lights in my gaming room that they can control. I've got so many plans for the future. Watch this space. No, it is. It's going to be really interesting to see where you go from here because I have to admit, you have grown a lot and I feel like a granny or something saying this, being like, oh, you're a grown streamer. <laughs> you know, oh, look at you growing. But you have grown exponentially throughout your first couple of months with streaming I definitely think you're doing the right things you're talking to really nice streamers you're interacting with them you're playing games that you really enjoy and things and it is amazing to hear that you are seeing this as more of a refuge from everyday life because I do think that is something that I feel as if a lot of streamers undermine when they get into it do you feel as if a lot of streamers feel streaming can be somewhat of a second job it can be hiring because especially with a full-time job as well so at the moment the majority of my work days are 11 hour days so I work at my main job for eight hours I come back home I get to relax for a little bit and then I'm streaming for three hours in the evening but I have been making a point of slowly building that up gradually so I haven't just gone like yeah I can do it I'll dive in the deep end I'll stream like five hours every day yeah nah last thing I want to do is a make myself ill because self-care is important and b if I started doing things like that I'd start losing enthusiasm and I'd start burning myself out so then the quality of the content would drop my plan is my long-term plan is to slowly build up my audience on both Twitch, Twitter, and eventually YouTube. Get it to the point where I can resign from my current job and become a full-time content creator because I've also been spreading roots out in other places nearby where I live because there's a really wonderful, wonderful tavern slash calf slash gaming den called the Dice Tower in Basingstoke. And I'm friends with the owner. And we've actually floated the idea of me buying like a portable streaming setup, going down there, they've got an area called the map room that they'd hang curtains up and they'd let me stream or live stream D&D &D sessions and board games and like new release 
board games and things from there. We'd advertise them from there. They'd allow us to do stream there and it'd just be a win-win situation. And in regards to the wonderful content creators that I've been interacting with, both on Twitch and on the Discord platform, I want to try and build an interlinked community with other like-minded content creators. I, I want to make a safe, engaging space where people can be themselves, express themselves and just chill and have a fun time without being bullied or picked on or judged for the games they play or whatever skill levels they have. Just a safe, chill environment. It's really paying fruit. Over the weekend when I was away, I hopped onto Discord on my phone and there were people playing games using the voice channels in my Discord. And it was just such a rewarding feeling of like, it's starting to bloom. It's showing fruit and they feel comfortable enough to just chill out and game in the lobbies. And I love it. I absolutely love it. Would you say that is one of your main priorities then to foster that sense of community within your umbrella, I suppose is the right term, of your streaming? Absolutely. I want to make a safe space for people. I want to make a community that cares, looks after itself and looks after others. My mother always taught me that her guiding thing for my moral compass that she and my father imported on me is that if you can't make the world a better place, at least don't make it worse. And so if I can make this little area, this little section of Twitch that will eventually, hopefully grow and interlink with other areas of Twitch, if I can make an aegis of, I guess, good vibes and hugs and where people can just chat, get things off their chest and just look out for each other, then yeah, I'd be a very happy toaster. Very happy toaster indeed. I mean, that is admirable, to be fair, because a lot of the streamers that I have talked to kind of flourished in the lockdown times of the early 2020s, which I'm specifying that now because I know in a few years when people listen back to these episodes and they're like, what do you mean the lockdown? What do you mean 2020s? Because I do laugh at that whenever I talk about the lockdowns and I'm like, oh yeah, it was this terrible time and everything where nobody could leave their homes. And because of that, a lot of people decided to flourish in the sphere of content creation and they all try to foster their own community communities for better or for worse sometimes but for the majority of people that I've spoke to a lot of them have put this emphasis on prioritizing the well-being of their community and I know exactly what you mean because whenever I see people for podcasting as well I always feel worried that you know if I say something that they might think not that I ever have I'm, I'm just kidding for legal reasons <laughs> for legal reasons the red panda lawyer in the corner is just like no 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 stop <laughs> you do feel quite self-conscious don't don't you when you're trying to create this kind of community and you do think oh should I do this should I do that and everything but do you feel as if it's quite hard to foster because obviously I have seen your community and your community is filled with a lot of really lovely people and I know there's a couple of creators that there's like an overlap between us where we all get together we have like a book club you know <laughs> oh it's great <laughs> but do you feel as if it can be quite difficult to foster a community like that when there are so many other maybe higher profile communities that spread a lot of negativity no no I haven't really had any difficulties at all I haven't one time that I have felt like I might have been I felt like oh maybe I'm going a bit too fast or something was there was this content creator that they had a really nice community they were really friendly really approachable and I was messaging them being like I really love your content by the way I know you like these sorts of games yeah this might be a good game to play I want to try and like form closer ties and you know chat with you catch up make sure you're doing okay because they had a couple of bad sessions and you know when you like you can hear in someone's voice they're trying to keep their energy going and it's struggling a little bit and so i just like i asked first to make sure that yeah, your dm's open and everything started chatting with them made sure they were okay and then it went quiet and i was like oh no because the last thing i want is i don't want people to think that i'm trying to form like a parasocial relationship because i've read through so many comments on twitter of people that for some reason will fake friendships or just use and abuse content creators that are larger just to try and boost themselves. I couldn't even dream of doing that. Every content creator that I have made friends with, Super Shadow, Stubbs, Tacken, Neon Guts, Goldie, yourself of course, I make a point of catching up with them, making sure they're okay, trying to organise gaming sessions, and I want to be friends with these people first. First and foremost, that is my main goal, because you don't know what kind of day someone has had, and having a nice, friendly word with someone 
someone a sit down and just like a mindless gaming session and chill you have no idea what benefits that could do to someone that's what i try and foster in you know, in my community i've done it multiple times before where someone's had a bad day and i will happily game until like midnight with them just so they're not alone and so they can just vent and chat and i have absolutely no regrets just means i have more coffee the next day but oh no <laughs> So what you're saying is you would like a sponsorship deal with a coffee company? Hmm, probably not a coffee company because that would get very dangerous when I have end up having like a percolator and a cafetiere in the background. Toaster, why are you twitching? I'm on my 18th cup of the day. I can see sounds. Yeah, funny enough, I've actually got multiple sponsorship requests already from Streamlabs for like, I think it was like Star Trek Fleet Command and Raid Shadow Legends. But of course, I haven't got any of my tax situations sorted out yet so <laughs> it's always fun when you go to sign up to these things and then all of a sudden it's like oh yeah that one thing tax <laughs> that one thing you need to make sure is ironed out straightened out and everything and always a lovely to deal with isn't it yes yeah i'm gonna get in touch with citizens advice see what information i can get see what i need to progress you know open up a second bank account so that way i can keep things separate get a notebook and so i can write things down in physical form so if anything happens and yeah my computer decides to self-destruct because i rolled an at one that day then i've still got all my records on paper yeah the percolator wasn't working that day <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, press go on the percolator and the computer just went boom. But no, going back to what you were saying, though, that is a lovely thing to do, to be fair. I've got another question for you. And, you know, I know, surprise, surprise, <laughs> questions on an interview. Who's ever heard you of such a thing? the nerve. Exactly. When you got into streaming, first of all, did you feel as if there was going to be quite an emotional side to it all? Because as you said, you put it lovely that you've tried to, and may I add, you've done it successfully, but you've created this community that that it's got its safe area on the internet. They can get together, they can game, they can talk and everything. And it's just, it's amazing to see and flourish. But I remember when I got into streaming and I used to look up things about what people were saying about Twitch. And there was a lot of misconceptions that people were saying, oh, it's just you flick on your camera, you play a game. And it felt very objective and cold. Did you kind of expect that emotional side to it? I did. I completely did. Because at the end of the day, the audience that are watching, they're not automatons. They're not artificial intelligence units. They're people. They're people that have gone through their own walks of life, their own good periods, their own bad periods, their own highs and lows. So yeah, I, I completely expected to have an emotional investment for it because when you're watching your favorite show on television, it will perk you up from a bad mood if it hits you in the right way, but it can't interact with you. The one thing that I like about being able to interact with my my chat is the fact that if they're having a bad day, I can help them. I will talk to them and say, if you need me, you know how to get in touch with me, either on stream, after stream, send me messages, I'll respond when I can. Until then, let me try and make the next three hours of your life a little bit more enjoyable or just take your mind off things. One of my return viewers has said that they've been having bad days, but seeing my icon pop up saying that I've gone live, it helps and it really helps. And I choked up a bit when they told me that because it's a wonderful thing to feel oh no absolutely it's definitely a great feeling when people not only compliment what you do but then there is again that emotional side of it where they say oh it's really getting me through this particular period in my life i have to admit twitch has become a somewhat hub for that would you agree that they want to leave behind their troubles and just maybe confide is the wrong word because you know there's a whole gray area of people oversharing because i have seen that in a couple of streams and I don't know if you've ever experienced that but it's like where people go into streams and they say oh I've had a terrible day because and then they'll get into very serious and personal issues and don't get me wrong I feel as if if it's somebody you know someone from your community maybe it's a bit much but at least you know that you're trying to help them and everything and as long as they're comfortable with sharing that's fine but what is your opinion on that line between being there for people and people who overshare 
for example, if it's just a stranger coming into your stream or people who feel the need to kind of confide in you in a public area? The way I look at it is, of course, there are going to be limits for oversharing because at the end of the day, I am one person. I have gone through my own walks of life. I have my own PTSDs and my own traumas to deal with. But it's like whenever I'm buying something from a shop or getting on a bus or a train or anything, I will always talk to the person who's selling me a product or anything. I'll ask how their day is going and everything because I have no idea how that day has for that individual. They could have had a really, really terrible day and just the act of being able to express themselves, talk about themselves, or even being asked if they're okay could have such a knock-on effect for the rest of their day. Sorry, there's going to be another example here. I do apologize. But when we had issues with our internet and we were getting two megabyte upload, I think it was like 10 download. It was terrible. But got in touch with the provider and spoke to this wonderful assistant. And yeah, we just built up a rapport because we were both children from the 90s. And so when we finished and we got like the plans all sorted out and how we were going to go forward, we were on the phone for like a quarter of an hour afterwards just talking about technology and experience that we had from the 90s, like VHS tapes, flip phones, floppy disks. And it was just fantastic. And then during the case, or you know, my query being handled, she got promoted up and uh, this new guy came in. She told this guy, oh yeah, yeah, this customer, he's really nice, really easy to get on with, really easy to talk to. You're going to have a very easy job. And he didn't believe it until his first phone call with me. And he would then from that point onwards, always save checkup calls until like near the end of the day, because he knew that he'd be able to leave his work day on a high. It was fantastic. I had some really nice chats with them. So oversharing, there will be limits. But if it gets to a point where they're sharing too much, or I feel like I can't give them the attention they need or they warrant, then they can DM me in Discord. And then we can take it off the air after stream and make sure they're okay and see what I can do to help. The other thing as well is you don't want to burn yourself out. On the surface level, it might sound a bit selfish to be like, oh, you don't want to extend yourself too much or you don't want to do this or that. But you're completely right. At the end of the day, streamers, content creators, who's ever creating something or talking to someone, we are limited to ourselves, our own experiences, our own emotions and things. And it's all fair and good for those people who are either in distress or they're not hoping as well to seek out other people to say, well, what are your thoughts about this and that? But it is quite an emotional thing. And I do totally agree with you. It is, can I just say, by the way, I think that is awesome that your internet provider has like a good rapport <laughs> with you because that is a complete opposite of mine <laughs> right now. But that's a story for another day. Going back to yourself as a creator, I think I asked you this earlier, so apologies if you answered it, but you of course go by the name Robotic Battle Toaster, which is first of all a fantastic name and it's a name that I have to admit elicits a raised eyebrow with people whenever I talk <laughs> about you, whenever I say, oh I've been talking about this fantastic streamer or content creator or even when I'm talking about Patreon of course I'll say, you know, thank you to Robotic Battle Toaster yourself of course and they'll go, wait, Robotic who? What? <laughs> so yeah, what was the inspiration behind the name? The inspiration was my first ever campaign playthrough of Dark Heresy, which is effectively D&D in the Warhammer 40k universe. I made a tech priest character whose name was Lazarus Verne, and we came up with a really good backstory for him because our housemate is a really, really good GM, and we managed to go through a really rich development. At the start of the campaign, I guess it were, my character's flaw was the fact that he had a sense of humor. It wasn't a fantastic sense of humor. It was effectively, imagine, a little bit better than Data from Star Trek trying to make jokes. That was like his level of sense of humor. But at some point later on in the session, really later on, firstly, he got wounded and one of the party members apparently had became friends with him because I guess because he saved you know, saved this character's life a few times. And yeah, just instead of like calling out Lazarus and everything, apparently when he was referring to my character, he was calling him Toaster. And so my character gets gunned down by heavy machine guns and just drops to the ground. And this character just yells out, Toaster! And I was like, Toaster? Who the, who the hell's Toaster? Wait a minute. I'm Toaster. <gasps> I have a nickname. It sort of stuck. And for the rest of the campaign, even though at one point my character, the quirk that my character or the perk that my character has is unlike other tech priests in the 40k universe, they can't communicate with the machine spirits. They just do their rites and their maintenance and everything, but nothing happens. My character can actually touch the machine and talk to them. So learn what's going on, what to be fixed, you know, what needs fixing and everything else. This 
Inquisitor wanted to find out how he was able to do it, and so handed him over to, I guess it's like a sub-branch of the Adeptus Mechanicus, and basically he was taken apart to be studied. And they went on a rescue mission and everything and got him out, and by that point he was more artificial robotic components than human. I think the only organic part that's left of him is his brain. Everything else is artificial. And so then at that point, he became a battle toaster. Hence the name Robotic Battle Toaster. And yeah, things just stuck. And it's like, yeah, you know what? I'll try toaster. Toaster was taken on Twitch. Okay, I'll try battle toaster. Also taken. Well, you know what? I don't think a three-pronged name would be taken. So let's try Robotic Battle Toaster. Yeah, it's fine. Excellent. Well, to be fair, it is a very iconic name. It's not a name that you're going to forget in a hurry. When somebody says, <laughs> oh, who's this? Oh, it's my friend, Robotic Battles. Also, and they go, I'm sorry, what? <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm sorry, who, the what, the where? Why is the kitchen appliance on the warpath? You know, I fight for Silicon Heaven, for Crichton. And actually, speaking of crusading and all that <laughs> for the greater good, actually a funny story, I have to confess, and I can't remember if I have told you this or not, but I remember the first time you and I started talking with one another and, you know, I was talking to you, I was talking to Moth and everything, and I remember you joined my Discord server and you said, oh, I've been working on, because you've got like a extended of a lot of hobbies it's safe to say mm-hmm. you know you're into warhammer like me you're into well this next story is going to relate to this you turned around and said oh i've got a couple of pieces of armor that i'm working on and i'm not gonna lie the first time i heard that i thought right okay is it going to be like the foam cosplay or is it going to be you know maybe a helmet or two cue like a couple of minutes later where toaster just posts this picture of himself in full metal plate armor <laughs> And I'm sitting there going, oh my God, it's actually armor. (laughs) I was like, is it cosplay? And then I'm looking at the photos, I'm like, holy shit, that's real armor. Well done. Yeah, I I have to admit, that took me off guard that day, in the best way possible, because it is pretty damn awesome. It's fun doing anything in. I think I I took it out for Halloween last year, because there was a fancy dress costume, and I was like, ooh, you know what? I'm going to be incredibly lazy in terms of imagination. I'm just going to bring my plate mail. I've got a foam pole axe that I use if I want to like take it on show and not have to worry about having my swords pieced secured or anything else like that and so yeah got up in my full plate had a cape on it and yeah it was brilliant I came second place for minimal effort the only reason why I came second place is because the person who won first had a customized fallout wasteland raider wasteland raider outfit that they'd made and it looked amazing they definitely deserved to win first place but yeah I got a bottle of spirit out of it so yeah, can't complain too much. I've got to ask, because we did go extensively in depth there about your journey through content creation and becoming the awesome creator that you are today, but how in the heck did you get into that hobby? <laughs> so I used to do English Civil War reenactment for the Sealed Knot. I started off as a pikeman, then became a musketeer, just to see what that was like. Well, firstly, I always kept being unlucky whenever we were in formation, because I would always be front rank, so I'd have to kneel down in the mud and whatever else was there, which is okay if you don't really, you know, it's like, I don't think I've got drinks at the tent, it doesn't bother me. But then we would always be paired up with this other regiment, I think it was like the Yorkshire or Gloucester regiment, and this one person in particular would do a thing where it's called triple charging your musket and double charging your pan, which is basically, instead of putting like one wad of powder down, he'd put three to make a bigger bang. Problem is, is of course you get a lot of smouldering powder coming out the other end. So on several occasions where I nearly got powder burns on my neck, it was like, I might change to do something different. And then cue this, uh, we went to this training session and we got to do sword fighting. It was like an officer's and musketeer's practice, because basically if I achieved a certain rank as a musketeer, I could get a sword, basically like a sabre, to complement my musket, because otherwise you have to use your musket like a club. And it's like, oh, this is actually really fun. I'm actually really enjoying this. Yeah, yeah, let's see what we go with this. So stopped being a Civil War reenactor and started looking at full contact sword fighting. I found these books about a Latin style of sword fighting, Fjord's style, which is a type of long sword fighting. Started reading up on that, started training with this, like I, I bought some plastic training blades, which basically 
you know, the density of wood, but yeah, you, know, you can smack them around and you're not going to cut anyone or anything. And I was like, okay, yeah, this is good. Well, yeah, I'm liking this. So then I bought myself a longsword and started training with that. As you do. Yeah, yeah, yeah. As you do. As you do. Yeah. Shiny metal thing. Ooh, me like the thingy. And then, yeah, thought, okay, I wonder if I can apply this to short swords. So I bought myself a short sword and started doing that. And then I bought myself pieces of armor until I had a full set. And then, yeah, started fighting. And it's been a while since I've done a big arena fight because this was all before the lockdowns and things take a little time to get back together and life has been hectic. But I still get out in the garden and I still fight every now and again with either one or two other friend comes around and has a little bit of a duel. Because, yeah, over lockdown, I converted a section of my garden into an arena so I could just keep practicing. So the third blade that I got was a claymore, which is 1.4 meters in length. And it's a beautifully balanced weapon. And uh, yeah, it's a really good hobby. Risky, of course. All the weapons are blunt. But at the end of the day, you're wearing your gambeson, your chainmail, and your plate. And someone is swinging a weapon at you. And you're swinging it at them. But yeah, it's good. Good fun. Fun for all the family, you could say. <laughs> for legal reasons, that's a joke. So <laughs> just <laughs> do not take your kids out into a field of nights. That's how wars start. Oh, the Red Panda lawyer has just scuttled out the room. So I think he's coming back your way, Satsu. That is awesome, though, because it's definitely one of the more unique hobbies that I've heard of after that. And what impressed me even more was I remember I was on a, it was kind of like a work trip thing. And long story short, mistakes were made and I ended up up having to wear a helmet like a knight's helmet mm-hmm. it was one of these big warehouses and i want to say somewhere in glasgow and they hold all of these artifacts for museums long story short i got volunteered to get the helmet put in my head and oh my god that is heavy <laughs> that is Aye. some heavy stuff i wasn't expecting it to be overly light or anything but oh jesus i was like oh my god <laughs> i mean the heaviest helmet i've had on is probably like a bike helmet it's a whole other ball game so props to you for doing that it's a definite workout i mean i, I made my own chainmail over lockdown yeah the chainmail jacket alone weighs 20 kilos i did a 5k park run in that so when's the next one <laughs> <laughs> yes. Well, I do actually want to do it again, but at the moment, it's a case of full-time job and Twitch broadcasting, so I don't really have the time to train for it. If I can get Twitch to the point where it can support me and you know support Moth, then I can actually start doing some more training, because I had the, the jacket that weighed 20 kilos on, I had a Nordic helmet, which was probably about another kilo, kilo and a half, then I had my forearm armor, which then went up into my upper arm armor. It was a thing, and I still managed to sprint across the finish line. Funny enough, there's a seaside town in Scotland called Largs. Have you ever been there? I haven't, I'm afraid. Just when you said about a Nordic helmet, because historically, you're slipping a wee bit of history into the chat, that was a place that was, I think it was like the final place that they tried to invade, at least Scotland, I don't know if it was the whole of the UK, but there was a decisive battle fought there with the Vikings. And it's Hmm. a lovely seaside town, you know, you can get your fish and chips, you can punch a steak all for free um, <laughs> get your ice cream you know they're not as bad as the ones down in Brighton I'll give it that but that's another story again for legal reasons this is a joke for half legal reasons it's a joke <laughs> I wouldn't encourage going out your way but if they're stealing your trips come on that's self-defence in a court of law I looked it up but yeah there's like a big Viking museum it's just when you said you had a Nordic helmet I was just laughing thinking imagine you rocked up in your chainmail with your Nordic helmet and they're just like oh my god the Vikings are back <laughs> So step one, I need to get a longboat. Step two, I need to wait for a really foggy day so I can sail it towards the coast. And step three, I need to learn how to blow my Viking warhorn. And then, yes, we can just rock up and then go to a fish and chip shop. Pretty much, yeah. And scare the daylights out of the locals. Just don't crash into the ferry that's going to the island across and you'll be fine. But plunder. Well, they're going to Millport. It's this island that's famous for you go over, you hire a bike, you ride around it, and then you come back Okay, all right. That doesn't sound like very impressive plunder to you, but having an outboard motor on a Viking longboat... That's an upgrade for me. Oh my God. That is like the James Bond of Viking boats. 
<laughs> it's like, do you know what it reminds me of? Have you seen Moonraker? Oh, God, yes. You know the scene when he's uh-huh. in the gondola? Yeah, that yeah. transforms into a hovercraft. Yeah, that's what I'm imagining. <laughs> you just come on and you're just nodding going, hello, <laughs> excuse me, going to get my fish and chips. Although, funny enough, there is a fish and chip place called The Viking. I don't know if it's still there. I'm assuming it is. I wondered where you were going to go with that when you said, oh, yeah, actually, I was going to say, you've known of a Viking longboat with an outboard motor? Well, the records were lost, much like with pretty much all of the plunder that they got. So, you know what? There, there could have been. Or maybe it's just, you know, a couple <laughs> of monks paddling their arms really fast in the water. Modern solutions and all that. <laughs> <laughs> but my um, fan fiction aside... Welcome to Canvas. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Canvas 2. Now with 90% more Vikings. It's been 8 to 10 years. Come on now. <laughs> <laughs> Come on now. That's... <laughs> My Viking longboat has a deck-mounted 50mm autocannon and SeaWiz anti-missile defence system. What does your longboat have? Mine has an oar. (laughs) (laughs) It reminds me of when, I don't know if you've played this game, but there was a game that I used to play religiously when I was younger. It was the Pirates of the Caribbean game, the Bethesda RPG. They made a Pirates of the Caribbean game? Oh, they did. It's a bit janky going back to it, but it was a lot of fun. And you started out with this schooner boat, I think, and you had, like, mm. very bare basic weapons. You had your cannons, your grape shots, you know, that kind of thing. And then you upgraded. You could actually steal ships, but the best ship that you could get was, like, a British naval vessel. Three rows of cannons, and, yeah, if you got on the wrong side of it, literally, it would just bother you. Your ship would be at the bottom of the ocean. So then you would have just like this one dinghy floating away. You'd be like, oh my God. <laughs> that sounds like me in Black Flag. Nah, that's another game I need to play, actually. I am a bad pirate slash Viking. I'm sorry. <laughs> You know what we need to do then? We need to feed you to Sea of Thieves. That's true. I've only played it once on stream, would you believe? It didn't go well. <laughs> it definitely didn't. Well, no, it went well. It was a fun stream, but I may or may not have fallen off the boat while it was still in motion. Oh, it's all right. That happened to me when I was playing with Stubbs. We were getting attacked by, I think we were attacking a fortress, and I just happened to be standing near the back of the boat where a cannon shot landed. Next thing I know, I'm not on the boat anymore, and the boat's just disappearing into the horizon. It's like, eh, mermaid, mermaid, where's the mermaid? I'm pretty sure there's a clap at me as well just being like oh look that's awesome <laughs> <laughs> just, just floating away there's poor red panda in the middle of the sea going help help whoa I'm drowning it's like you're beside a beach it's like I don't care bring me back <laughs> no 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 I'm not swimming to that beach you're sailing the boat here to pick me up do you know who I am <laughs> <laughs> I am the red panda lawyer oh god yeah I'll add that to the list of contingency plans if things go wrong and I need to get rid of the red panda lawyer it's like yeah let's go on the cruise what could go wrong now Satsu I'm afraid the red panda lawyer is like that whole thing where somewhere in the universe there is a slug that is unkillable and it's slowly making its way towards you you can't get rid of the red panda lawyer no he gets rid of me yeah (laughs) Wait, what? Gets rid of you? What version of Satsu are we on right now? Um, 42. Ah, the meaning of Chatsu, the life and the Nami. Have you not seen my username on Twitch? Satsunami42, exactly. Yeah, that's what it means. What was that movie, the Arnold Schwarzenegger movie, where they were making clones of people? Total Recall? No, not Total Recall. It was the one where he was a helicopter pilot and they took a retinal scan of him and a DNA scan and then for the rest of the movie we thought we were following the original but we were following the duplicate. I can't remember what that movie was called. It was a good movie and basically the two Arnold Schwarzeneggers ended up teaming up together. Oh, I know what it was. It was twins. Twins? What? I mean, there was two Arnold Schwarzeneggers, like, together, yeah. One was kind of shorter than the other, but no, oh, they were both God, no. Well, there's twins in Junior, which I can't believe there's two films with him and Danny DeVito. The Sixth Day, that was it. But, uh, yeah, I still remember the Danny DeVito one where... Uh, what an unlikely pairing. Yeah, it seems like quite a weird journey, I want to say, and that is the nicest way I can put it. What a weird, weird journey that they took us on. <laughs> Oh, it's a very, very weird journey. It's not quite up weird in terms of, like, Conan, but it's getting there. I mean, Conan at least is, like, bad in a, you know, endearing way, whereas Junior and Twins is just baffling. Like, someone had to get paid to write that script. Didn't they put his face on a child and make him say, Mommy! Yep. Yeah, that thing exists. 
Nothing's on the internet. See, I mean, people give a lot of crap towards the baby from Twilight. That's a part where I've never seen Twilight, but there's like a part where the infamous scene where they have a baby and they give it a CGI face for whatever reason. And everybody, whenever they think of like CGI babies, they always go for that. They never go to the hellscape that is Junior (laughs) to have Arnie just on the baby going, and you're like, oh my God. Probably for the best. Otherwise, yeah, Schwarzenegger trauma. Yeah, uh, pretty much. Yeah. (laughs) Hasta la vista, baby. <gasps> the link has been made. <laughs> Damn it, you should have been in PR. <laughs> what are you doing on Twitch, kid? <laughs> the PR department. Yeah, before we wrap up. <laughs> yeah, so I've got to ask, because as of this episode, you know you are on the five-month mark. You're going into the sixth month. Mm-hmm. What is the future of your channel looking like? And I know, obviously, I'm not asking you to get your crystal toaster ball out and be like, I'm going to make millions, but what are your plans for the future for your channel and your content as a whole? So my plans going forward, uh, I'm going to focus on stable growth. So I want to keep making content that people enjoy. And I know that it's going to be slower going than if I just stick to two games and just play only those two games. The reason why I want to stay as a variety channel is it means that I won't get burnt out. And if one game starts becoming too toxic, then I can just separate myself from that and go to another game. So I'm going to keep staying as a variety game channel I want to keep growing so eventually I can start doing more bits and pieces and incorporating more stuff in long term goals are at some point in the future quite far down the line I want to get a haptic feedback suit an omnidirectional treadmill and these things called Manus VR gloves I want to play VR shooter games and stream them on Twitch do like VR phasmophobia games and just have like a room dedicated to like VR content for Twitch so I can get poked and prodded with the haptic feedback suit while trying to do something else like do a first person shooter game whilst someone in the audience is just poking me in the back repeatedly something like that I want to branch off into doing board gaming stuff and D&D games as well and at some point in the future this is a when not if because the only variable that I'm allowing for is time when in the distant future I get to like 40,000 followers I'm going to have a Warhammer month so Warhammer Fantasy Warhammer 40k I'm going to be wearing the sweatshirts that you can get that are Warhammer themed I'm going to have the candles going that are from the different gods or planets of the law. And just for shits and giggles, I might ask Henry Cavill if he wants to play some Warhammer or have an interview or something like that. Might, might as well. You don't know if you don't ask. And I mean, I think he's the kind of person that would be down regardless. He's just like, yeah, sure. <laughs> Let me get my custodies. Yeah, no problem. It's like, oh, yeah. Oh, okay. All right. <laughs> oh, no. No, Mr. Cavill, go easy on me, please. Yeah, just as I hide my guardsman. I'm like, please, please. Just. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, yeah, I've also got plans at some point in the future, depending on what the Twitch terms of service are, setting up a camera in my arena and recording my sword fighting or broadcasting it so people can watch uh, training fights and everything else, both in armor and out of armor. And yeah, do some like painting videos as well, because I've got a whole mountain of gray plastic shame downstairs. That'll keep me going for a while. Well, that's just the ethos of any 40k player, to be honest. And of course, the main thing that I'm going to stick at throughout the entire time is making sure that I am there for people, other content creators, you know, the wonderful people in the audience, people that I do interviews with. I just want to make sure that I do my best to be what people need when they need me. Honestly, I I feel as if that's like the perfect note to end on because I honestly think, and this isn't me speaking to you as a friend, because, you know, for disclosure reasons, Tosa and I have, of course, you know, we've gamed together on and off stream, we've talked together. He is like a fantastic streamer. I'm just saying that like outright now because usually when I say this, to be like, oh, the fantastic person and everything which usually you know it is true but I don't want to be just saying oh what you're doing is fantastic and everything but I genuinely do believe what you're doing with your community with your content creation and everything personally and this might get sappy so apologies but I do feel as if you are something that the twitch sphere does need that injection of positivity within it with other content creators you're collaborating with with your community as a whole too long did listen you're doing a great job yeah <laughs> well, thank you very much but now it's my turn because you are a fantastic podcaster a wonderful individual and when is birdemic three question mark first of all <laughs> well um if you'll excuse me for one minute i'm gonna just quickly google how to refund paypal payments because <laughs> i was about to pay you there for your kind words there up until the birdemic three comment and now like um <laughs> i'll suffer it with you i'll suffer it with you you know 
know, it's not a bad idea. It would be a fun film to watch and review. Have you watched the trailer? I've seen Birdemic 2. I feel as if I've suffered enough. <laughs> I don't feel as if it could be any worse, surely. <laughs> oh, good it sir. Please, please tell me it can't be any worse. It can't be any worse than well, Let me just give you the title. Birdemic 3. Sea Eagle. They couldn't have just combined that and called it Seagull. Yeah, basically, a coastal city is attacked by uh, killer seagulls. <sighs> I'm just going to join you there. <laughs> just, I don't, there's nothing I can say to that. <laughs> Toaster, thank you so much for coming on this episode and, yeah, talking all things Twitch and, yeah, what you've been up to. Anytime, good sir, anytime. Thank you very much for uh, for having me on here. And we'll definitely have to do some more episodes in the future because, I mean, there's more in the 40K universe we should cover if that's what you want to do. Or, as you talked about another time, we've got the Star Trek to go through. Oh, God, we have so many topics. <laughs> like, this isn't going to be one of those interviews where it's like, that was a great interview and we go our separate ways. Oh, no, no, no. You'll get used to listening to Toaster's voice on this podcast, <laughs> whether it's for 40K, whether it's for, as you said, Star Trek. There's a lot of episodes in the pipeline that we have been talking about for a good while, so definitely have a listen out for those coming in the future. But just as a wrapping up point, where can these lovely listeners at home find your content? So, at the moment, you can find me on Twitch at Robotic Battle Toaster. You can find me on Twitter, fun enough, the same name, Robotic Battle Toaster, and on the Twitch page, you'll find a link to my Discord. At some point in the future, once I've taught myself how to edit videos, you'll also be able to find me on YouTube, hopefully under the same handle. We'll watch this space. And honestly, I can't wait for that. That's going to be awesome. <laughs> really, it's going to be awesome to see what you do next. So everybody listening, please go check out Toaster and all of his content. It is absolutely fantastic. But if you're actually quite interested to hear what Toaster and I have to say about the 40k universe or really any past episodes to chat tsunami then you can listen to us on spotify itunes and all good podcast apps you can also check us out on podpage.com forward slash chat tsunami where you can find all of our content i also want to give a huge shout out to our pandalonian patrons and this time i have one of them here robotic battle toaster <laughs> i'm shouting you out and of course sonia both of you thank you so so much for supporting the channel it is honestly much appreciated and yeah if you want to get access to early episodes or exclusive episodes then please feel free to check it out at patreon.com forward slash chatsunami but until then stay safe stay awesome and most importantly do you want to finish it off toaster stay hydrated Ta-ta. Welcome to Shatsunami, a variety podcast that discusses topics from gaming and films to anime and general interests. Previously on Shatsunami, we've analysed what makes a good horror game, conducted a retrospective on Pierce Brosnan's runs James Bond, and listened to us take deep dives into both the Sonic and Halo franchises. Also, if you're an anime fan, then don't forget to check us out on our sub-series, Chatsunani, where we dive into the world of anime. So far, we've reviewed things like Death Note, Princess Mononoke, and the hit Beyblade series. If that sounds like your cup of tea, then you can check us out on Spotify, iTunes, and all good podcast apps. As always, stay safe, stay awesome, and most importantly, stay hydrated. Greetings! My name is Robotic Battle Toaster. I'm a variety game streamer on Twitch. There, I play a range of both multiplayer and single-player games. You can also find me on Twitter and in my Discord server, where you can vote what games I play. And, of course, join in on the fun and back-and-forth banter in a relaxed and safe environment. I hope to see you there. Ta-ta! This episode is sponsored by Zencaster. If you're a podcaster that records remotely like me, then you'll know how challenging it can be to create the podcast you've always wanted. That's where Zencaster comes in. Before I met Zencaster, I was but a naive podcaster, recording on low-quality, one-track audio waves. But with Zencaster, you can kiss those fears goodbye as they provide crystal clear audio and HD video. Plus, with our all-in-one podcasting suite, recording with guests is extremely simple. From local recordings to post-production, Zencaster has it all. Go to Zencaster.com forward slash pricing and use my code CHATSUNAMI. You'll get 30% off your first three months of Zencaster Professional. I want you to have the same easy experience I do for all my podcasting and content needs. It's time to share your story.